So so we'll do we'll do the pretend hello in a minute and we'll get going. Is there any questions you have? Um lately on Twitter I've been following an account called Footy Scran. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. That's brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've got questions about mashed peas. Okay. <laughs> but other Please. than that, if Please. you guys want to talk about that, yeah. Hey, whatever you want, mate. I'm fascinated by it. Okay, we'll 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 have a delve into mushy peas at somewhere. Uh, awesome.
Punk. Midlife Punk podcast episode 75. Uh, it's good to be back. We've had a bit of a break. <clears throat> Not that you couldn't have noticed so far, but it'll kick in uh, shortly. This one's probably out midweek, but you'll know that because you're listening to it right now. He's he's also back on his PC. He's got the full mic and pop shield set up back in action. It's nihilism. Have you got my stinger back in yet? I just didn't do it that one time on the special, and I don't sometimes. The feedback I've gotten from that, you wouldn't believe it. Well, look, tell your mum I'm really sorry, and I'll put the double length one in this time. How's about that? Fair? Deal. Good. Uh, Because we've had a bit of time off, um, and... Yeah, it's my podcast and I can do what I fucking want, so fuck off. Uh, I've I binned off the random record uh, this week and I chose, uh, I chose with my own hand, uh, the abs doing popular in Bradford. More on them in a minute. Uh, and then we went straight into uh, your friends and mine, Diaz Brothers, doing Hardest Goodbye. Yeah. Do you know why I chose them now? To do with the poll in the group currently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two, those two vocalists that you've just heard, are, I'm of the mind that they are two of the best in the UK punk rock biz. Nice. Do you believe <laughs> and, anything um, like that? Yeah, golly. Like, obviously the reason we took that week off, again, not that any of you cunts noticed, was uh, to go and see them. You, of course, were playing with them. Um, but I made the short trip across enemy lines to Rotherham and to look at Golly you wouldn't believe that that could come out of his gob no but it did and it does regularly so I'm told um, so yeah if, if you do want to get involved with that little chit chat join our group on Facebook like the page by all fucking means but if you want to get deep down and dirty with the drunk ass dudes and dudettes then put in your little search bar on Facebook midlife punk podcast vinyls vegans and virtue signaling and there's about 100 or so of us that well dicky six kids and me just take the piss out of each other quite a lot that's that seems to be the main thing but there's other stuff going on as well so yeah do you do you still wear converse i do yeah how i've got to better with my feet the what with my feet i, I, did, I haven't worn them for years right and the current mrs sidwell got me a pair for my birthday just gone nice I wore them to play a fumbug gig and my feet were fucking screaming afterwards. And I wore them again yesterday. I, I, I can't do it anymore. You've got to break them in, man, like a good pair of docks. But break you, them you in? It's cloth. Yeah. Oh, no, Converse, you've got to break in. And I think you, you went, like, right up there by drumming in. I could barely fucking walk. Barely fucking must be getting old now. You got you got a song choice for uh, the good peeps. I have, but first of all, I want to see where Mark's come back from. You want to do that first, do you? Yeah, let's let's bring him back from wherever we if, sent him. If you'll recall, we sent him to Peru. This is Mark Williamson, our Scottish ambassador, who we have sent on a world tour to find punk rock from around the globe, and the random country generator uh, sent him, for better or for worse. To uh, fucking 
Peru, the capital being Lima. Uh, let's see what he's got to say for his send this week. Hi there. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I'm in Lima in Peru. I've had some uh, delicious quee and I'm now relaxing on San Bartolo Beach, thinking of the horny lust that Tom and Niall secretly have for each other. I need a rest after going to see the local hardcore band Necromongo last night. Uh, Have a listen to this song by them. It's called Todo Esta Muerto, which means all is dead. That should put a spring in your step for the week ahead, eh? Buenos noches, losers. That was that was Marco Williamson. Uh, we sent him to Peru last time, and it sounds like he's been having a gay old time on the beach there. Yeah, in the local peyote. I'm I've never heard of that band, but I'm going to check. Mongo. Yeah, I thought he would go to a band that lays claim to being one of the first punk bands in the world, Los Saifos. He he did mention them in a subsequent email, but tough tits. I no, don't no, it's, it's good. It's good that he's not gone for the obvious. I like it. Where are we sending him this week? Uh, let's have a look. You ready? I'm ready. Mark, you just watch out when you're down here, all right? I'm afraid you're going to uh, the political capital of um, a, a, a quite a famous country. Uh, the capital, the administrative capital of that country is, is Pretoria. And I'm afraid you're going to South Africa, mate. So, don't get put in prison for three decades. For fuck's sake. Uh, enjoy that, Mark, uh, down there in, in South Africa. Uh, what? That's what? That's one of my better accents, come on. I'll admit it, that's, yeah, that is <laughs> up there. Oh, I got so many birds down me, and I was suck. I was suck everywhere. Suck uh, as a dog. But <laughs> you want to do your uh, South African impression? No, 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 your song choice, please. Yes, my song choice for today is uh, from 
Debt Neglector. And this is from their 2021 full-length album, Dirty Water. And the track is called Sore Loser. Keep that bass intro. Yeah, that was uh, uh, Saw Loser there by uh, Debt Neglector, and I kept, as instructed, the full bass intro. We'll be back after a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Smashing. Happy with that? I'm very, I'm delighted with that. Actually. Good. Uh, today's guest was another sweary John hookup, wasn't it? It sure was. Do you want to tell them who it is? Sort of what it's, we do now, isn't it? Yeah. We sit and interview people. I've done for the last 75 episodes. But I meant I say, tell them who we've got, Niall, and you always tell them. That seems okay. to be a good little thing we've got. Yeah, let, let's keep that in. Let's work with that. So today we have Bruce Wingate, who was the guitarist for... Uh, New Jersey's finest early 80s hardcore outfit, Adrenaline OD. Right, I think we'll go in uh, with... um, We'll go in with an Adrenaline OD song and a bit of advice that uh, I wouldn't stick to if you live next to a primary school, or a secondary school for that matter. This song's called Fuck the Neighbours. 
Thanks, Tom. Danbury is a city in Fairfield County, Connecticut, United States, located approximately 50 miles northeast of New York City. Danbury's population as of the 2020 census was 86,518. Hello, Bruce. Uh, how are you doing? You still in New Jersey? No, no. I moved out of Jersey years ago. I actually moved to... Oh, oh hello, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I really jumped right in. I'm a little Sorry. too enthusiastic. Um, I actually moved to Connecticut in the 90s, and then I moved down here to Florida to take care of my mom about four years ago. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't like Florida at all. I, I intend to go back north at some point. What 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 is it? Just the sort of. Um, I'm a northeaster, you know. I, yeah. I I I feel out of sorts here, and everything I know is up north. All my friends, my support network, everything really, you know. Yeah, yeah. And of course, there's there's <laughs> uh, Florida man like roaming yeah. around the state as well. He's, he's pretty dangerous. Huge, that's a huge, huge part of it. You can't get good pizza either. That, that's something I never considered. That they. They do not, they cannot produce a good slice of pizza down here. I don't, I don't, there are many reasons people think why, but um, I need to be near the good pizza. I, I literally, the last two or three times I've flown up north to visit, I literally went from the airport to my old neighborhood pizza place. Well, yeah. So what, what's wrong with Floridians then? Is it the tropical climate that sends the cheese funny? I don't, I don't know. What's the science behind that? You know, a lot of people claim it has to do with the makeup of the water that they use to make the dough. Okay. I, don't know, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I just, um, I don't know. You just can't get good pizza. It's just one of those things. I mean, they do other regional food fantastically, of course, you know, and I'm a big fan of any sort of regional food, but um for whatever reason, they just can't, you know, every, every once in a while, there'll be a guy that, you know, oh, he just moved down here from Brooklyn and he makes New York style pizza. And it's like, no, he does. No, he doesn't at all. The next step for that is someone's going to have to start transporting New York water down in, in bottles. And now there's <laughs> this is actually there's a place that. um uh, moved from uh, New Haven. They they they're one of the well known pizza places there, and they moved like literally thirty. Opened another location thirty miles away, and allegedly they brought the water from thirty miles away until they were happy that the the water the local water was good enough for them. Wow! So maybe there's something to this, you know? That's commitment to your craft. That is that is definitely true. Right. Bruce, let's let's talk a bit of AOD. Because uh, we've sure. had pizza chat now, and we're going to have mushy peas chat later. So, awesome. We we better tick the the sort of business end of everything. Uh, Adrenaline OD. Then you were pretty much an original member. But I I was in a band with those guys before AOD, and then I moved away for a little bit, and then I came back, and pretty much months later rejoined or joined with them. So the original guitar player, Jim was probably in there for about a year or so. And he, he played on let's barbecue. Yeah. And then I played on everything else pretty much. So. And, and let's barbecue was that EP with 15 minutes of studio time, wasn't it? That's, that's the one. Yep. I I'm actually on there somewhere. I, I believe I do backing vocals on it, but I didn't play on that one. Uh, yeah. So I, I just can't believe a studio would charge by the minute 
a quarter hour. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it flew right by, apparently. <laughs> so so you would have you would have joined rejoined the fold in like what was that nineteen eighty two probably? Um I believe eighty two, eighty three, somewhere around. And in fact, let's one of the first things I did when I joined was help fold and assemble copies of the records. So Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that that was task number one. Uh there you go. Was it a no-brainer that you that you joined? Were you uh, the other guitarist left, and it was like it's got to be Bruce. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was. It was um, the band we had before that was called East Patterson Boys Choir, and um, we were still sort of in the punk vein as opposed to the hardcore vein. But um, yeah. you know, when I got back, it, it was funny when I left. I moved to Texas very briefly after I graduated high school. My brother lived down there. I moved with him for a little while, and. Uh, when I left, everyone was listening to like Johnny Thunders. And when I got back, everybody was listening to the Bad Brains. And, and that was like <laughs> within like less than a year, everything changed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you went from the, like you say, the, the 77 sure. vein of things. Because I guess yeah. for, for us anyway, uh, hardcore was essentially an American thing. Sure, uh, sure initially and it it definitely took on a different sort of look over here that would have been the 82 stuff wouldn't it um two were old enough where punk and hardcore were two separate events Uh, and and i often forget that that didn't happen for everybody for a lot of people it was intertwined you know but they were literally two separate things you know yeah yeah so yeah it it was very different for us It, it became hardcore is an american phenomenon uh were you into the sort of the the classic punk rock stuff when you first sort of discovered it oh yeah all that stuff um i think the very first punk rock record i bought was ramones leave home and Uh then um sex pistols dead boys of course and then there's a record that really a record that really changed a lot of stuff for me was um it's a compilation record called 20 of another kind heard of it yep and it had that's where i heard like a lot of other british stuff i'd never heard before it's probably the first time i heard 999 Uh um the lurkers all that stuff you know all that 77 type stuff that we absolutely loved and i still think i probably like that stuff a little bit more than i like hardcore when it comes to put in if i had to choose you know i maybe because it was the first stuff i heard and it just had the biggest impact for me you know yeah, that that's the thing that you you always go back to, isn't it? Your first, sure, your first set of bands that you discovered. That's true. So, Bruce, before we started talking, I know you sent you kindly sent the songs across to Niall, and I've messed with the order a bit, so I hope they weren't in chronological order or or, or anything like that. But I went with uh, "Fuck the Neighbors" as the opening track for this cool. interview. Do you want to tell us about that song? What prompted the choice in particular? Um, you know, we, that was off our uh, second album and we recorded that, um, literally like not a couple weeks after we finished this big tour of the, of the States. And we sort of did that on purpose so that the songs would just be as, as tight as possible, you know? And, um, fungus was like the height of our, us playing at our fastest, really. We didn't originally intend to play you know, incredibly fast. But once we realized there was sort of like a 
I wouldn't say a competition, but we were determined just to be the fastest. And um, I think we'd really nailed it on this song. And, um, and the other funny thing about this too, was we recorded that record in this really posh studio that we really had no business being in at all. And we would go there like off hours, you know, when like someone we'd get a phone call and it'd be like Southside Johnny canceled, grab your guitar. <laughs> we run down to the studio and record. And um, this one was funny. We had actually had to re-record this song because the uh, engineer got so stoned. He accidentally recorded the original, uh, re-recorded over the original version and, oh, and lost it. So, so we had to go back. We had to go back in, set up, and just we burned through this. And it's uh, it's one of my favorite songs that we did, actually. Yeah, I'd, I'd be well annoyed if an engineer did that. <laughs> Imagine how much energy we had just to play one song. I mean, it was, you know, yeah. the other one probably played all the same day. This one, we came in fresh. Yeah, I'd still be fucking fuming. What, <laughs> what have you done? Oh, I've recorded over it. Get out. That's what I'd be saying. <laughs> yeah, well, it was our fault. It was our fault, though. You know, I mean, we got him really stoned. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we all know the sort of, I guess it comes from Black Flag, isn't it? The 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 relentless touring schedule of of hardcore bands back then was AOD uh, similar, as in you know if you stopped moving, you didn't eat that sort of um, thing. We did. Um, we were lucky being located in New Jersey, where we could do a lot of stuff on the weekend. Like we could go up to like uh, you know even a two or three day weekend. We could go up to Canada. We could go down yeah. to you know, Richmond, Virginia, DC, Ohio, Detroit, wherever. And, um, and that's pretty much what we do all year long and then save the cross country stuff for the summer usually. Cause we all were working nine to five jobs pretty much during the entire run of AOD. Yeah. So um, that's one thing I'm really glad that I was able to do when I was younger is just travel the U S a lot. So. Yeah. I mean, for, for us here, you know, uh, we, we we have one climate rain uh, yeah. uh, and you know not much scenery and it's broadly similar wherever you go I, I guess being an American you've got l- literally a whole continent desert uh, sort of oh, yeah. tropical it was great being a green you know kind of naive kid and seeing like the desert for the first time or whatever or, you know it was pretty cool actually nice Nice, yeah. We, we we have more accents here than you know you could ever imagine, but all within about five hundred mile long. Country, oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> I wonder why that is. Uh, no, have you got a question for Bruce from the Big Book of Bullshit, please? I do. Yeah, um, Mark Dotrell, uh He's got so many questions. <laughs> I'm going to go with this first one. Uh, what's the price per gallon these days at the rock and roll gas station? Um, well, the rock and roll gas station is gone. It got uh, bulldozed years ago. There's nothing there. So I couldn't, I can't vouch for the, for the rock and roll gas station. It actually was on Market Street and River Road in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. And if you go on Google, you'll see there's a big, there's just a big bunch of nothing there. So oh, it is it's gone to the history books. I don't know how a gas station could go out of business, especially one in northern New Jersey, but this one did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sad. Might not might not be the answer you guys were looking for, but <laughs> sorry, it's <Mom>. gone. <laughs> it's gone. 
Well, I, I was just thinking, you know, usually they build something in place of these things, but. That's true. That's another thing, too, to have that re- prime real estate sitting there, right in the shadow of Route 80. Go figure. Oh, well, yeah. Th- there you go. Uh, I think we'll do. Should we do another song now? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go for. Let's do Bugs. Danbury is nicknamed the Hat City because it was the centre of the American hat industry for a period in the 19th and early 20th centuries. The mineral Danburite is named for Danbury, while the city itself is named for Danbury in Essex, England. Yeah, that that was Bugs uh, by Adrenaline ID. What prompted that one? Bugs was just... Uh, that actually i think i co-wrote that one i think we all participated in that one and the reason i like that song was because it's it's just one of our stupidest songs really and and it was always fun to see uh when we play live 
you know, and, and a lot of people liked that song because, you know, just because it was fast and everything. And But people would jump up on stage and scream into the microphone. And it was always, it just never got tired of, of how funny it was, how angry, angrily people would yell out the word bugs. It was just fantastic. <laughs> See people so angrily yelling bugs, bugs. It was so funny. And that's why I chose that one, because it's just so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's just so... I- AOD were tongue-in-cheek lyrics at a time when your contemporaries were shouting about Reagan and uh, and and stuff like that. But was that unique to to any extent on in the scene that you know that you had uh, a number of more humorous, light-hearted topical yeah, songs? There were, there were similar uh, bands of a similar vein and. Um, I always joke about how, well, I don't really joke about it, but I always make a comment about how um, the, the, we shared the, the same sort of sensibility with a, a bunch of other bands from the Northeast that all sort of grew up watching the same television shows, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a direct line from like the Dictators all the way through us and the Beastie Boys and a lot of the Connecticut guys watch the same channels and you know, monster movies and stupid commercials and um, Twilight Zone, the Honeymooners. Like it, it, it all ended up in the mix somehow, you know, and White yeah. Castle, all that stuff. Yeah, because I think, you know, we've always had a sort of sub-scene, whatever sort of incarnation of punk that there has been, uh, UK 82, 77, there's always been a handful of... I think they called it punk pathetic here, you know, like okay. spl- splodge Nessa bounds and yeah, the sure. lads and toy dolls and, and whoever we, uh, that's always been sort of a British thing. Um, sure. So, so were, were you taken, not taken seriously? Did, was it ever an obstacle that you weren't serious? Um, not really. I mean, usually it was kind of the opposite. I think, you know, a, a lot of people got just bored with the same, you know, politicking and stuff all the time and sloganeering, you know, and uh, and, you know, granted, I mean, we we it wasn't like our songs were about nothing. I mean, they were more, mostly about like. You know, the politics of so social politics, as opposed yeah. to, like you know, I mean, we, we you know, we wrote about rich kids and fast cars, but we just did it in a way that other people weren't doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, sort of making fun of it rather than being angry at it. Yeah, exactly. No, that sounds that sounds good. There's a little oh. bit in the Wikipedia article for AOD. Um, AOD toured nationally and created a loyal following by their live shows, um, described by some as an experience somewhere between Minor Threat and Don Rickles. I had to, <laughs> I had to laugh at that. I was like, yeah, that's that's probably about right. Yeah, that is probably about right. Actually, I, we did a lot of fun stuff live, and um, just it was that was a lot of fun too. Because uh, you know, I mean, how serious could you be all the time? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it must be pretty tiring being anti-flag yeah. or someone like that. Oh like, yeah, just have a laugh, mate. Have a day off, you know. Just crack a smile. There you go. Yeah, also on that Wikipedia page when, you know, now when it says described by some people, Wikipedia's put a little question saying, <laughs> who? <laughs> yeah. As if we're going to track them down. Fuck off. <laughs> right. So 
we sometimes, Bruce, when we have uh, people from other countries on the podcast, we do like to ask if they've ever been to the UK and if they enjoyed it and if they found anything uh, particularly quirky or interesting about the place. Well, this is this is sort of a sad tale because we were supposed to go come to the UK two years ago. We were supposed to do a whole tour and the pandemic shut that down, actually. It was going to be our first European tour, actually. And, and um, we were going to play Blackpool and do uh, a whole bunch of other shows. Uh, I forget where else at this point. but we Yeah, I was, I was supposed to be at that Blackpool one. Yeah. And um, we had, you know, originally we, I think in 87, maybe we were supposedly going to come over and it just never happened for whatever reason. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was the one source spot in the band. Well, uh, I, I can't say the one source spot in the band's history because there's a lot of source spots. <laughs> that That's the one that stuck, stuck with us. And we always wanted to rectify that, you know, because it was like right before it became a, very common for punk rock bands to tour over there. You know what I mean? So I've, yeah, I've yeah. never been to the UK to answer your question. Um, I have been to the Netherlands though. Okay. The only time, only time I got off the continent was to go to, to uh, Amsterdam and um, Utrecht and Rotterdam and Belgium for about a week or so. Years ago, I went with a buddy. Nice. Well, they're, they're, they're perfectly pleasant countries. Uh, they we, really are. Yeah, we have a number of listeners and friends of the show um, coming out of there. Big, big punk scene in Belgium at the minute. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I found yeah. some good record shops there too. I wasn't even really looking, but I found a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and, and not sort of, you, you know, not, am I being disingenuous? Yeah, I am probably. A lot of the European uh, stuff can often look like it's imitating American stuff or British bands. Uh, and, and some of the bands coming out of Belgium at the minute are that it's their own thing and they're, they're pretty protective oh, cool. of it. Um, cool. Yeah, I should look into that a little bit, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's a festival called Kaiserfest. I think there's another one called Pukefest. Uh, and, and it's all um, sort of European bands from the lowlands now. Uh, and it's it's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive oh, cool. stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. De- definitely worth checking out. So, so the, re- the sort of one of the reasons you reminded me to ask that question was that you mentioned you've been following a page on Twitter called footy scram uh, yes, I, yep. where i believe the concept is people go to football matches buy the food um put a photo of it how much it cost and people rate it or or otherwise yeah it's great it's uh there's another one too called rate my takeaway i i, I checked that one out once in a while as well yeah but footy scram i just became fascinated with it for uh, for i can't really say why but it's just one of those things you know yeah, it's it's like its own economy. Like, oh, this is what I got for five pounds at so and so, and some oh, of yeah. the, some of the stuff's bad, isn't it? <laughs> some, some of it looks really bad. Yeah, some of it looks fantastic though. Yeah, that you always get the picture of the cheesy chips, uh, which is someone has put some chips and then some American cheese, just sort of <laughs> yeah, draped I've seen over it. it. Yeah. I love the the juxtaposition um, between like your sort of your British quote unquote cuisine and some of these amazing like 
things that get served at grounds in South America or, you know, sort of Mediterranean Europe and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like, sure, sure. Oh, that looks, that? that looks incredible and vaguely healthy. And then you get to, like, a sad-looking little pie that's drenched in gravy from somewhere <laughs> up in the northwest of England. Yep, in, in a styrofoam container. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's like, a, it's floating in gravy. I've seen that one, actually. Yep. <laughs> It's we're, we're an island bruce and and you know <laughs> two world wars we couldn't we didn't have anything except pies and gravies that's you all we had to, you don't have to justify your scram <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i have to justify my scram actually yeah <laughs> I, I, I do um and and you mentioned mushy peas are a thing that you're particularly interested in those are the ones that you know sometimes i'll, I'll trade stuff you know back and forth some of those photos with some friends and the mushy peas are the ones that most americans are just like they, just have, they have no uh ref, point of reference for it i guess I, when you said when you said at the start about it i was thinking would no would sort of like guacamole consistency be a good um yeah, yeah i think I, so yeah i could say it's similar yeah similar yeah and and taste wise I mean, it, it tastes like peas. I don't... <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming it would, but we just don't, we don't, you know, we mash our potatoes. Yeah. We don't, yeah. Mash, our, uh, we don't mash our peas, though. And frankly, peas aren't a really a common thing, really. At least, uh, you know, where I've been eating it, it hasn't been. Yeah. Once, if you ever come I... over here, if you ever come over here and you have mushy peas, uh, mint sauce and mushy peas is meant to be really nice. Oh, I bet. That, that does sound good, actually. Yeah. I think Mushy Peas is fairly divisive here. Yeah, I, I, oh, I'm, that's good. I, I'd eat it. I do eat it. I can't stand them. No? I like, I like normal, regular, you know, marifat or garden peas, but Mushy Peas, oh, no. I think it's, from, it's a, a texture thing, too. I couldn't imagine. I don't know. It just, it just sounds weird. As an American, I have a point of reference for it. And this is part of the fascinated by this Twitter account. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think guacamole in your mind. I I think that's how you should try and envisage it. Some of this food makes sense to me and other other foods on it just make zero sense to me. And that's what I enjoy. Yeah, the, the cheesy chips with the American sliced cheese over it, that's not how it's supposed to be done. <laughs> the uh, tikka masala chips sound delicious. I would be all over that. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. It's probably the best bit of going to a football match, actually, uh, the different foods. Uh, <laughs> right, I think we've got to have another song. Let's go sightseeing, which is the one from a particular recording session. Let's have a listen to that.
Interstate 84 and United States Route 7 are the main highways in the city. I-84 runs west to east from the lower Hudson Valley region of New York to Waterbury and Hartford. US-7 runs south to north from Norwalk, connecting to I-95, to the Litchfield Hills region. Right, sightseeing. Sightseeing from the rap music uh, session. We recorded that one on tour in San Francisco. Oh, nice. Yeah, it it remains one of my favorites because, as I mentioned before, about the way we recorded Fungus. In fact, it was probably the same tour. Um, We were just on point. We were just playing that song night after night. And um, I just like that version. I think it's one of our tightest recorded songs ever, actually. So, Yeah, so I guess it was the majority of stuff was one take live set up anyway. For the um, most part, yeah, unless yeah. someone screwed up or whatever. But um, I just, uh, you know, I think that just captured us at our our at our peak, really. And that's why I always enjoyed that version. And I have a good memory of that whole tour and everything. It's a really exciting time for the band and to be a young person, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I think for me, when, when I... Uh, well, when I was in my first sort of touring band, we played a show supporting the queers after we'd recorded and we'd been recording for like two weeks and we were fucking terrible. So the order you want to do it in, as you did, was go on tour, then record. Don't record and then go and play without rehearsing because, yeah, after every song you sit there waiting for the producer to say, oh, yeah, that was good, or do it again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were we were fucking awful. I'll never forget that, ever, 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 ever. Uh, so, uh, one of our first episodes, Bruce, of this podcast, we did. We we went through that short music for short people compilation, um, and, and we sort of discussed every single track on it. It was a lot of hard work there, uh, and and AOD sort of reformed, came back together for that, didn't they? Um, we literally, this is a great story that we were off, uh, fat Mike asked us if we wanted to be on it. Yeah. I believe I was in Connecticut at that point. And, um, we literally just got together on a Friday, learned the one song and then recorded on Saturday and went our separate ways. And that was it. I don't think we've ever played that song live. Not once. Uh, it was your kung fu is old and now you must die. Yep, I believe that was a Paul composition, and um, we literally got to went to a rehearsal space, learned that thirty second song, and uh, recorded it the next day, and that was it. There you go, done and done, done and done. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you mentioned you, that there was an embryonic plan to to sort of uh, do a European tour. Is that still a a viable project moving forward now things are, well, Well, the pandemic's calming down. 
I feel like we're, uh, I don't know. We've discussed this a little bit. Um, there was some discussion of doing some shows in the States, but um, I don't know, nothing, you know, usually the way this works is that every five years, someone will suggest we do something and then we finally all agree to do it and then it gets done. But we're at about year six or seven now and <laughs> no one's been suggested anything for a while. So, uh, but I do think, you know, I, I mean, I do think there's sort of a time limit, especially with like, uh, you know, uh, the kind of, you know, that sort of style that we played and the, the, the quickness of it all, like how, how much longer can we do that? You know what I mean? And I know there are bands that are touring well into their sixties and stuff, but I don't know if I personally would feel, you know, I don't want to get up there and feel like a fraud, you know what I mean? So, um, and I, I haven't played live in five years. I, I've been in a bunch of other bands, but I haven't played live in any capacity in about five years. So, um, you know, it becomes a physical, a physical feat at some point as well. And, you know, how much, how much more can we, I want to make sure if we can do it and be true to, you know, to AOD, then, then I'd be down with it. But I feel like, you know, the clock is ticking on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, you know, like you say, there's bands that we've got the UK subs here who Charlie Harper, he's, he's got to be nearly 80, hasn't he now? Easily. Um, Yeah. Yeah, he can get up and do that, but could he blast out bugs at that I, I speed? Remember, I remember when we played with uh, them, and we all thought he was old because he was in his thirties. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was the show at City Gardens in Trenton, New Jersey, and and he told us that we were a really good band, but why do you have to play so fast? told us we should slow it down a little bit that's actually a good story because uh i don't know if you've heard that that split um seven inch with bedlam that live one have you ever heard that one i've, I've heard bits of it i think yeah it's got, uh we will rock you and some other ridiculousness on it but there's a uh, banter in between that and that actually came from that uk sub show where all these brit punks brit punk fans from philly came to see uk subs and they all had to sit through us and they absolutely hated and heckled us the whole time. And it includes one of my best comebacks to a heckler ever, where somebody yells out, why don't you go home? And I said, we have no home. We're wandering minstrels. <laughs> well, yeah. Charlie Harper for that, in a way. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Charlie. He's he's a nice guy, Charlie. He, um, he, he stole my beer once. Uh, because the venue had only provided him with like light beer and, and oh. we'd bought our own and it was like sort of more stronger European stuff. And I saw him wander around with a can of it and I was like, Charlie, is that mine? And he was like, oh yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. You can have our ones out of the fridge. I, I didn't care. Uh, but yeah, he, he's, he's still, he's still fucking doing it. And then we were watching a football match in uh, the sort of bar room of a venue that they were playing at. And he just came and, sort of plunked himself down, sat next to me. <laughs> he's nice. going, oh, what's the score? And yeah, he just we just had a nice chat. Um he's a he's a good guy. And he's yeah, still, I've heard, still doing I've, it. Heard good, I've heard good stuff about him. Yeah, he's just a genuine nice guy. And he's he's been there and he's seen it all. Uh I think. Yeah, and like you say, he was older than the other UK subs anyway when he started, I think. Oh so yeah, yeah. He's always been a dad figure. And you like you say he was older sure, than the 30s, sure. yeah. 
Right, so so we've covered uh, AOD potential tour again, maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah, like you say, it's going to be a physical feat, isn't it, Bruce? So there's got to be a certain fitness level when you were 20. Sure, yeah, that's true, yeah. To, to be able to do it. I mean, I, I played a show last night and I, I fucking struggled a bit, actually. Um, I play the drums. Uh, so, so, you know, I think I just need to work on my gem, general fitness. Was, was there a point as AOD went along that any of you had to change your lifestyles or uh, take extra time to work out to keep up with the pace or anything like that? Um, not in our original run. I mean, we were off. I mean, the band originally broke when the band originally broke up. We were still all in our twenties, yeah. you know. But um, the there were one or two reunion shows where it was a bit of a you know uphill climb, especially for Dave on drums because he's the one pushing everything, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but we, you know, we've never really had, never really experienced that yet. But I feel like now would be the time where that would happen, you know. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. drop thing unless we wrote a song about the possibility of one of us dropping dead. And then that would actually work out really good from a comedic standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> good bit of theater. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the sort of banter, the, the back and forth that you guys had uh, on stage, um, did that sort of, was that how you guys were with each other off stage as well? Pretty much. So, Pretty so much. It, it was just a natural interaction with one another yeah we were wise asses from north jersey and um i think that's one of the reasons we really got along well with guys in, from the connecticut scene or i should say everyone from the connecticut scene because they all had that same uh you know that same sensibility like i was talking about earlier you know a, a shared cultural you know and and being a wise ass was just part of that really and and you have to have a good sense of humor if you're from new jersey you really need to because it's always the punchline you know yeah yeah we've had a couple of bands on from new jersey and yeah they do get a lot of um fun poked at them sure i found it's jealousy (laughs) (laughs) no give give bruce another big book of bullshit question we've been talking so much i've neglected the big book of bullshit and i can only apologize now (laughs) Next question is from TJ Whitaker, who's submitted for the first time. Uh, he wants to know what band had so much potential but imploded before it was realised and what band went on way further than you would have expected? Um, wow. I really... Um, I'm going to need a minute here just to think this one through. Um, well, I never would have expected the Beastie Boys to become as e- enormously large as they did. I mean, they were just a little rinky-dink hardcore band like we were when they started out. You know? No one would have predicted they'd get do the whole hip-hop thing, but and no one could have thought they would be as gigantic as they became. You know what I mean? And and in, ter- and in terms of our contemporaries, that's the one that always surprised me. You know. And then who I uh, the first part of that question. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I can't really answer that because, uh, you know, there, there's so much band politics or band politics. The, the, the trajectory every, every band has, it's, it's, it's own, you know, you can never anticipate what's going to 
happened. You know what I mean? I mean, some great bands no one's ever heard of and some horrible bands become really gigantic. So I don't know. I couldn't really pick one, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's every band's got its own mix of volatile ingredients, hasn't it? And <laughs> that's true. That's true. Sometimes the formula is there. Sometimes it isn't. Um, sometimes one person leaves and the whole thing becomes something else. And it, it's a it's a balancing act, really. You know. Yeah, I, I guess you you guys were uh, you weren't a one person thing where you you know you, you have a lot of bands where where it could be the front person and then an interchanging backdrop of, sure. of supporting musicians but aod was a unit a a combination of folks really wasn't it that that made it work yeah. yep that's true i was the cute one <laughs> who what were the other characteristics dare i ask <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I forget how that works. This is some one's supposed to be the talented one. One's supposed to be the quiet one. Yeah, the so cute, I... the one, the foot, uh, the cute one, the talented one, the um, serious one, and the slightly older one. I think. There you go. <laughs> slightly older. It's <laughs> a weird one. <laughs> Charlie Harper. Yeah, that, is, that is a weird one. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Harper. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Niall, because I've neglected the, the listeners' questions, do you want to do another quick one before we talk about the last song? Yeah, sure. Brian Starkey's uh, question is nice and snappy. Are there nice songs in other keys? Um, I would, yeah, I would assume there were. For instance, <laughs> you think of one. Um, I can't think of any, actually. Maybe there aren't. <laughs> <laughs> If anybody does know of any uh, nice songs in other keys, give us a shout. Do, uh, and, and, and we'll we'll report back on it. Bruce, to play us out, uh, we're going with. We've already mentioned the location of the rock and roll gas station, but that's the song that's going to uh, uh, play us out of this interview. So, so, I'm sure there is a raft of stories about this song. Um, so. so, so just go for it. Let loose on rock and roll gas station. I can, I'm actually going to be very brief, um, but and very succinct. So um, uh, the reason that I chose this song is because um, one reviewer uh, just uh, said the greatest thing you could ever say about any music. Uh, he said that this song was stupendously moronic. <laughs> which wow. uh, which is a great way to go out it's a great great thing to have on your gravestone as well fucking yeah definitely yeah stupendously moronic there you have it i bet he had his thesaurus out and he was going no i need something big <laughs> to describe that. i need bigger better stupendous That's one of my one of my favorite descriptions of the band the other one was actually in a a New York Times um, concert schedule where the they said that we were insufferably jokey. <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. Well, what what did they what did they want? What were they expecting? I don't I don't know, but both of those are great. We loved it. We just we were just so happy to to be described as both of those things. Actually, that is wow. I think I think people just say things for saying things' sake. Sometimes so they came up with those phrases, and we're like, "Yeah, let's do it." I was going to say if you if you're going to 
post this online somewhere, you, you, you can totally call me stupendously moronic. I'd be totally down with that. Okay, stupendously moronic and what was the other one? Insufferably jokey. Insufferably jokey. Excellent. If I saw insufferably jokey like on a punk band, I'd be like, yep, I'm going to their next one. Oh, yeah, sure. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. That's quite a lot of joking for it to become insufferable. That that That's pretty intense. <laughs> intense. <laughs> a, pers- a personal line, isn't it? You draw, you draw that line in the sand, not the reviewer. Yeah, he can't tell me how much jokingness I find insufferable. That's <laughs> Exactly. I do like the eloquence of those two statements, though. It's not just moronic and jokey. It's like, these guys are, are beyond that. Well beyond. Well beyond the accepted realms of uh, moronicness. Yeah, well, what's the appropriate level of moronicness <laughs> and joking? <laughs> How are we measuring that? What's the benchmark for that? Adequate would be the baseline, right? An adequate <laughs> yeah. level. Adequately moronic. Yeah. Adequately jokey. Just the right amount of jokey. Yeah. Who said? Or if he'd told one more joke, that was it. That would have been too much. Over the line. Over, over yeah. the line. Yeah. <laughs> right then, Bruce. We'll 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 leave it there, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll listen to the stupendously moronic rock and roll gas station. Um, and yeah, thank you for a a sufferably jokey time. I've had a really nice time. Yeah, so did I. I. I I I appreciate it. No, thank you, mate. Uh, Everyone, enjoy Rock and Roll Gas Station.
Notable people from Danbury include Ray Capo, the frontman of Shelter, Peter Buck, the co-founder of the Subway Sandwich Restaurants, Charles Ives, the famous composer, and Glover Teixeira, professional MMA fighter in the UFC and champion of the light heavyweight division. Nice little Brucey bonus that was, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. Oh, Bruce Wingate there for, from Adrenaline Low. Adrenaline <laughs> Um, yeah, with, with some pretty insightful mushy pea questions there. Yeah. I, yeah, I like it when, when acts do that, like particularly acts that aren't from this scepted aisle. They take a genuine interest, and that was really cool. We are here to answer your British cuisine questions. I mean, won't take very long. Um, oh, fucking hell, right. Take the kids to Aldi every week. Not every week. Told those we- lucky kids. I know. And they... They go, oh, can we have the minion ham? It, exactly. It's fucking ham. Wafer thin ham, shaped and with a minion design somehow on it. You know, minions like, off Despicable Me and that, that kid's yeah. film. And I'm like, no way are you having that. Never. <laughs> Not while I'm drawing breath are you having fucking pressed pig flesh shaped into a fucking cartoon character. No, you'll have Billy Ham like the rest of us did in the eighties, and you'll enjoy it. <laughs> they want that as well, Bear Ham. Like, oh, it's Bear Ham now. Well, Billy, Billy the Bear Ham. Yeah, it's just disgusting. Fucking disgusting. I so mean, no, I don't know how they do it. And frankly, I'm interested <laughs> in YouTube. And Eyelids and arseholes, mate. Actual bears, probably actual minions. Um, oh no, I've done it again. I haven't picked strong Nile. Oh, Tom, I messaged you saying, have you spanned the big randomizer thing? And no. No, I didn't. Should I spin the randomizer now? We'll do a random record yeah. now if you want. Drop but it in. Let, let, let's, see, let's see how cool you are when this has been chosen. Uh, it's it's boy kid's live. birthday tomorrow, by the way, everyone. So I've been busy, you know, making sure he has a memorable day. Right, let's shake the old phone. Oh, fuck me, no. It's Christmas one. <laughs> ah, yeah. Fuck you. Chicks dig it. Safeways, here we come. There We're we gonna go. have uh, miso ramen, so suck on that nihilism.
stupendous chicks dig it there who i think we could probably get kj on the show you know yeah yeah doing miso ramen from their safeways here we come ep which is a 12 inch ep so one side on it you know bit of a waste of vinyl that in my looking smooth as you like on the other side i've got a few uh double 12 inches that are just three sides i'm I'm not down with it now i've got the green the, the the green day nimrod 20th anniversary uh and it's it's three sides and then on one side, it just says Nimrod on it. Waste Peter Tramp's second album as well. That's playing on one side. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, we, we're digressing. We are digressing. So that was my lovely song choice. Before we do the new noise, who we got next week now? Do you know? No. I don't think you do gen- genuinely know, do you? No, because I'm working next week. You are working. So I've got the dubious honour of chatting with he's actually the first ever guest on on this podcast you know when i was setting up my gear and that i just wanted to give it a go we've got joe atom from off the atoms um is what we're going to be doing joe and i are putting a gig on in derby on the 29th of april which we're going to be talking about and the lineup is actually pretty decent uh and probably what we do is we're going to talk about the bands on there uh and pick a song each by each band and have a little chat about it. Niles at work. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit different, you know, chilled out vibe. You know what I'm saying? Bit, bit of a, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, he wants to talk about the latest Atoms album, which I don't play on, by the way, because if I did, it wouldn't have a cock and bollocks on the cover. Um, so, so he wants to talk about that. So, so, you know, we'll indulge him a bit of cock and bollocks talk as well. Sounds great. Yeah, it's going to be a gay old time. I might see if he actually wants to come around my house and do it. Well, we can do now these post-COVID times. Yeah, so I'll see what he says. Right, Niall, tell him about your newest of all the noises. My newest noise uh, this episode um, comes from uh, a northwestern act. They've not specified where they're from. Northwestern Israel? China? You're a facetious twat. Northwest England. Okay, well, it could have been fucking. Well, if it was Northwest fucking Russia, I would have said Northwest Russia. See, or I don't the know. Pacific Northwest. Be specific about your Pacifics. That's what I'm saying. Go on. Give the fuck over. Uh, so, this is an act called 77 Spears with If Only I Could Get Some Sleep from their debut EP, which should be out by the time you get your ear rolls around this episode. Oops, we did an EP. Oops, we did an EP. If you didn't see that one coming, then you're an idiot. As soon as you texted me, I was like, that one's going in. Right, here's... uh, 77 Spears. 77 Spears. uh, With the track, If Only I Could Get Some Sleep. Yeah, from Northwest Canada. I will fuck you up. The release is called Oops, I did an EP. We did an EP. It's it's pretty good actually. I've listened to it. Uh, enjoy it, and I'll see you next week for me and Derby's premier greaser throwback Joe Atom having a bit of a doss about. Probably getting pissed. Probably. Um, probably. Yeah. Probably. 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 Uh, and, and I'll see you the week after next nihilism. Yeah, if I don't get any accidents, car accidents, not toilet accidents. You don't drive. <laughs> Other people drive. 
through that. Right. Enjoy 77 Spears. See you next week. You bunch bit. of dudes. And dudettes. Finally, uh, all of us involved with the Midlife Punk podcast would like to extend our sincere condolences to the family and friends of Calvin Sewell, a frontman of Grand Collapse, who sadly passed away earlier this week.